Before the Rings of Power, there were the Silmarils. Before Sauron, there was his master, Morgoth. Before Aragorn and Arwen, there was Beren and Luthien. Welcome to Window on the West, where we explore all the ages of Tolkien's Middle-earth. With your hosts, Jonathan Watson, Michael Grumbine, and Dan Coates. Hey everybody, welcome to episode, I think it's 18, of Window on the West. I'm here with Michael Grumbine once again. I'm sitting hey there. on top of him in video. And, uh, and Dan Coates, once again, hey everybody. is my left-hand man here. <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube or Rumble, that's where we are. Hey, yeah, we're on Rumble now. So you can go to thewonering.com slash, or sorry, <laughs> no, rumble.com slash thewonering, and you can watch us there too. So that the why, mighty... why am I always on the bottom? Uh, because you're the foundation that holds us up, Michael. Help, help, I'm being oppressed. <laughs> Come see the uh, violence inherent in the system. That's, yeah, yeah, right, right, okay. I think it's because you're always late. We, do we have to? <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's true, actually. The actually, last that's, the, last that's the real. There we go. <laughs> I regret asking the question. <laughs> oh, man. Perfect. Yes, so you are last. However, the last shall be first. Mm. Okay, anyway, let's not. Okay, I got to stop it. Okay, so we are on Rumble, rumble.com slash the one ring. You can get us there. Um, it is, it is, we're, we're uploading all of our videos. All 50 or so of them will be there in the next uh, couple weeks, probably. Uh, but you can go to us there if you don't want uh, one half of the internet overlords getting your information and watching on YouTube. So you can, you can go there and get it all. Um, and, um, and sadly, we have no, all that is gold does not glitter this week. We have, we have not taken the time to do that. However, I do have a sort of like, if you like Tolkien, before we get to the final, if you like Tolkien. So, one, if you like Tolkien, I'm glad that you listen to this podcast because uh, we have such a great group of people uh, in our patron chats, at, uh, in our Discord channel. So, if you go to theonering.com slash patron, and if you like Tolkien, you can go there, and you can sign up, and for $4 a month, the first month is free. You can join us in our uh, Discord channel with uh, our message boards and uh, our chat rooms there. And um, if you <clears throat> also subscribe, you also get the extended podcast, which is like uh, 15, 20, 30 minutes longer, depending on how long-winded Michael is. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. You're, you're holding this is going to be a Michael really again. short episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so go there, do that. We'd appreciate it. Uh, we have a lot of fun in those extended podcasts where perhaps, you know, we, we loosen the tie a little bit and we kick off the shoes and we put on our Mr. Rogers cardigan to get more comfy. Before. Or in our case, our smoking jackets. That's right, yeah. Well, our virtual smoking jackets that you, nobody sees. So, uh, right. yeah, so, so check us out there. And also, we'd appreciate any reviews on uh, Apple Podcasts on google on anything you listen to uh you know helps more people find the podcast and and we love getting more people in on the discussion so mm -hmm. check that out there um uh, and so let's just dive into this um this uh geographic test of a chapter this scintillating chapter <laughs> this, is, oh, man. this is dan um it is time so th i'm sure this will be your your deepest and most profound thing ever so what is dan's big Thoughts. My big thought this week is that um, all you need to do is look at this map because um, here I'll throw it up. My, my, my big thought this week is my brain is fried 
um, just trying to figure out. So, so it's, it's not uh, overly long, but it is just Tolkien describing uh, in quite detail, um, detailed details of... Uh, <laughs> His of brain just, is fried. <laughs> of just the mountains, the rivers, the, uh, the different realms that are there, the different people that are ruling over those realms. Um, and so, really, if you just look at this map, that's that's all you need to know. <laughs> this is right? it. This, this is, is it. This encompasses the whole chapter. And that's a wrap. All right. <laughs> On to... <laughs> this will be our shortest oh chapter I, review gotta, ever. Either that or we're going to be here trying to figure things out for the next four hours. Every week. Nope. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, the whole chapter is essentially like Tolkien uh, laying out, like you said last week, laying out the uh, chessboard, coloring in the pieces, figuring out which squares are square, which ones are octagonal, which ones are circles, right? So everything gets set out here in the entire world of what happens in the rest of the Silmarillion, Quintus Silmarillion, for the most part. Um, and so we have this map here on, you can see it on, uh, on our video. Uh, and then there's also this one here, just, just maybe the best place to start is because we're talking about maps. And uh, the hardest thing, I think, for everybody that comes into the Silmarillion and listens to all this is like, but yeah, but, and this is what you said, Dad, Dan, um, <laughs> not Dad, Dan. Looks oh like gosh. more than one person's brain is fried. <laughs> uh, is how does this map relate to what we know of Middle-earth in the Third Age when Frodo and Sam and the Fellowship make their uh, journey to Mount Doom? And so we do have this map. So oh. this map... This is an overlay. Nice. So on the left-hand side, and I'm sorry if you're listening to this on audio, um, I'll, I'll link to this here in the show notes, uh, this map. Uh, this is an overlay of what we, maybe we call the, 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 right, the map of Beleriand or the Silmarillion map with the map of Middle-earth Middle or the Lord of the Rings map. Um, and you can see the only thing they have in common is right here down the middle, uh, which is the, um, the Blue Mountains, right? Isn't that it? That's right, the arid Luin, which means yeah. Blue Mountains. Yes. So um, uh, all the rest, we'll, we'll find out what happens to it and why it's no longer around and what caused this massive destruction so that uh, the entire lands of the, the Noldor and the Sindar are gone. Uh, and so this is the overlay. But in the meantime, Tolkien really wants us to care about this land that's about to be... I mean, it's, it's all going away at the end of the first stage. <laughs> so... So he tells us lots of details. He starts, interestingly enough, with Morgoth. Um, so the thing that isn't on this map is, is what he starts with. So Morgoth, he talks about how Morgoth reared the Iron Mountains um, initially and raised these mountains actually as a shield, kind of like as a wall, like someone would dig a trench in, a, in a, an embankment. But he's building it against the Valar, so he's raising up mountains because he knows the Valar are going to attack him, and that's what you do, I guess, when the Valar are going to attack you, is you use mountains as a wall. So he raises up the mountains, and um, and then we're gonna we're gonna focus on the three big ones, Thangoradrim, the the ones that the elves actually lay siege to in the siege of Angband that we mentioned previous chapter. And uh, but uh, but. Very quickly, Tolkien leaves that behind and says, enough about Morgoth. Let's talk about where the elves settled everywhere. So before we dig into any details that people want to talk about, maybe can I give a brief just overview so we can, for a, a cheat sheet, as it were, for the uh, for our listeners? Please do. Yes, yes, I think please. it might also be for, for me and for Dan. So, <laughs> so, if, so if you go 
um, if you look at the map that is either on screen right now or the first one image that uh, Jonathan put up, what you'll basically the map or, is which is the image in the book, right? The one that, that right, Tolkien yes, has, uh, yeah, Tolkien Tolkien actually has this image in a book, and I think it's in every book, every book version of the, Even of in the, the Kindle version, yeah. Okay, okay, and uh, and that is that as you look, if, as you read across the map from left to right, as as one would read. Basically, that we talked earlier about how there are three houses of elves, of high elves, of Noldor that came to Middle-earth. The house of Fionor, the house of Fingolfin, and the house of Finarfin. And um, it's mostly not those three that are going to be talked about, but their sons and sometimes their daughters. Um, Of those three houses, from left to right, they basically settle in three clumps. So on the left-hand side of the map is the house of Fingolfin, which is his son Fingon, his son Turgon, um, and then we don't get a mention in this chapter of of Arathel, um, but, uh, you know, she's she'll, we'll get a, a lot about her in a coming chapter. And then um, in the middle of the map, and kind of down from the, from the center and then down, is the house of Finarfin. Um, and that would be Finrod, the eldest son, Orodreth above him in the in the small pass. And then um immediately south of the of of Morgoth, Angrod and Ignor, um up against the Ardgal and the green um plains between um between Thangorodrim. So again to, to recap, Fingolfin is the House of Fingolfin is on the left with his two sons, the House of Finarfin is in the middle with his four sons, and then the House of Fionor is about 40% of the map on the right side and on the bottom, and that would be the seven sons of Fionor. So um, Mythros, Myglor, Kelogorm, Kurufin, Amrod, Amras, and Caranthir, everyone's least favorite. <laughs> uh, yeah, the one who uh, met the dwarves for the first time and, and started them off on a really great foot. Yeah, he's like, yeah. you're ugly. I don't like yeah. you. And and in the middle of all that though, is um, <laughs> is Thingol and Melian, and right. uh, they're the Menegroth, and of course, uh, if we look back to this one, is uh, Dory, uh, <clears throat> the uh, girdle of Melian, right? The uh, the force of Neldrith and Doriath and the force of Regan, all the whole thing that encircles them. So it's not only going to protect them against Morgoth, we'll find out, but it kind of protects them against um, the the sons of Feanor too. Uh, right. Well, it protects them against. In fact, the only people that have ever visited that we're told about at this point are the sons of Finarfin. So remember, Finarfin of the three um, houses, he was the only Noldor king to repent and return after the doom of at the time of the doom of Mandos. He repented and brought a small portion of his people back to Valinor. So he's not even in Middle Earth, but his sons did go. His four sons and his yeah. daughter Galadriel, and so. Um, the, they're the only ones that um, visit this land of Doriath. Galadriel stays there for a long time, and we're going to um, talk in the next chapter about her uh, friendship with Melian. But the, the four sons of Finarfin are the only ones that uh, that Thingol will basically let to visit him. And the reason why is because, if we recall, his cousin, not his cousin, his friend, well, brother, is it brother, Olway? His uh, cousin. I think, I don't know. 
Anyway, Olway is his kin, and 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 remember, um, Thingol's name is actually Elway. Um, we mm-hmm. were told in the very beginning, but then he became Thingol when when he, he fell in love with um, Melian, and then he became the king of the elves um, in this area of Middle Earth. So Elway, Elway and Elway were brothers. There we go, brothers. I thought it was, yeah. and I started doubting myself. All right. Yeah, well, it's because there's also Ingwe, and that's the problem. Right, and Ingwe's the Vanyar. He's just never mentioned. Um, yeah. He's always been in Valinor. So anyway, point being, we got a total of 13 elven kingdoms, uh, 14 if you count Thingol. So 14 elven kingdoms on this map um, corresponding to the sun, the various sons of uh, the Noldor and then Thingol. And then if you count Círdan, I guess that's 15 because um, hmm. he, he, he is mentioned as having his own people and his name pops up on the map. So we should probably mention him. So there you go, 15 kingdoms. And Turgon gets two kingdoms because one is where he starts in Nevrast and the other one, as we'll find out, is um, the hidden city of Gondolin for a later chapter. All right, it's all clear to me. I mean, looking at this map, it's so easy. <laughs> uh, this has got to be, you know, this is, no, I know. Well, here's the thing. It's the sixth or seventh time that I go, go through it. And uh, uh, let me give you a, uh, like, the first time I read the Silmar- Silmarillion, I listened to it. And going through this chapter, I was like, what in the world is going on? This entire chapter is just geography Mm-hmm. And locations, and I can't follow where anything is, let alone like 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 no up from down and left from right when I'm when we're going through this. So, yep. uh, this is the kind of thing that literally I think you'd have it's it would be like a school test. You'd have to go through it, start to memorize, um, try and figure it out so that you can remember where things are. Now, things will become more clear, and it's good to know, particularly uh, it, it, like the way that I looked at it is like okay, Menegroth, it's right in the middle. It, as, as long as I can start figuring out where people are around Menegroth, it may, makes it easier for me, right? Menegroth is right here in the middle of the forest of Neldoreth and Doriath, mm-hmm. um, where they are. And so I can think of like, okay, straight north, we've got Angband, we've got Thangorodrum, we've got Eridgorgoroth, which is the, the Mountains of Terror, right? Mountains of Terror, where yes. um, uh, Ungoliant was at one Lived point. for a time, yes. Yes. Uh, we've got Gondolin right above there too, which you can see, which will become... Uh, which will become more important in in uh, upcoming stories in the next chapter, in fact. Uh, and then to the left, we've got um, Nargothrond and Ordreth and um, and Círdan. To the right, we have to the right or to the to the east, we have uh, uh, Fëanor's sons, like you said. And so that's the way that I always try to remember it and figure it out. Now, all the names of places and all the different things, like I'm still like. It doesn't matter as much other than if you really want to know. Like when you start going with through um, uh, Children of Hurin and uh, Baron and Luthien, it's good to start like seeing where things are and know where their, their travels are. But um, man, it's hard. It's still hard. I, I th- I, unless, unless you are literally a professor or somebody who's studying this in the class, I feel like uh, you're not going get, to get it down just by reading it. Right. So in that spirit, I like the fact that you used the... Um the forest of Doriath it, and the and Thingle, Thingle's realm as the centerpiece because I what I should have done to start there is for those of you listening to us if you haven't fallen asleep yet <laughs> here's the basics forest of Doriath right in the center of the map Thingle and Melian live there girdle of Melian around to the left or west of that forest are all of the good su- good Noldor yeah, there you go. to the right yeah, like or that. east? Or that's the uh, sorry, that's seven 
kingdom, uh, sorry, six kingdoms to the west, which is all the good Noldor. That's the sons of, of houses of Fingolfin and Finarfin. To the right are all the bad Noldor, to, or the east, which are the seven sons of Fionor. Now, I know that's overly simplistic and that someone can make a case for Mithros being a good, good guy, but whatever. We're laying the foundation. This is what we want to do because you're not going to get it the first time through, the second or third time through, I think. Like, uh, and, right. and so once you get through the stories, you can start being like, oh, oh yeah, Ammon Ruth. Okay, now I know where that is based on the story that we read later. But yeah. as far as a big picture, yep. Above yeah. Thingol and Melian is, is Morgoth. To their right is are the sons of Fionor. To their left are all the sons of Fingolfin and Finarfin. That's so, actually very helpful. So like when I'm looking at this map, I, for, I forget who's of Fingolfin, uh, who's of Fanor, who's of Finarfin. Then I forgot about Finarfin. I'm like, wait, what happened to him? But like, yeah, but that's helpful. So on the left towards the coast, you have the the good Noldor. Mm-hmm. All right. And to the, to the east, to the right, you have the bad Noldor, who are so, going to show how bad they are in coming chapters. All right. Right, right. So what about this, this area down south? What's what's all this about? Because we don't really hear much about this. This is just is this just does this take just taking up space? I'm trying to remember. Is there is there anything that happens in here that we have to be concerned about? Very ever? very little. Um, okay. This is on... I'm talking about um, below uh, the long wall below. Uh, it, it's in the Tower in Duanath, the forest between rivers, to between Syrian and the River Gelian. Anyway, so just right. Almost nothing happens there now. Osirian, we do, we we do get um, some mentions of that. Basically, that's where the green elves live. The elves that will be later become the elves of Mirkwood, etc. Right, right. Hmm. That's right. Uh, and that is further east here, right? No, no, no. They live in Osirian. They live in oh, oh, oh. Okay, right, right. Yeah, no, no. no I'm thinking the seven rivers. So the seven, right. seven little right. rivers right. coming right. out no, from. No, no, no. Yeah. Well, it's further east of yeah. It's east of them. It's not east of the uh, east of the mountains. But yes, right there. Right, it's not used to the air of the wing, you're right. Easy way to remember that. Look, the river Legolin, like Legolin. <laughs> and, that and that's the area that actually becomes Linden, right, in the Second Age? Mm. Yes, over here. Yes, it does. That's that right. is correct. That's right. So if we bring back up that, that map of the overlaid map, I'm really sorry if you're listening to this because it's so much easier when it's visual because when you're reading it, mm-hmm. like this is, this, is the, uh, this is the recap for us, for ourselves, to figure everything out. But yeah, you're right. You can see right here, Linden is right in there right there's the mm-hmm. great havens Bilagos, Nagrad, yeah uh, everything to the north uh, west of that point that you're pointing at right there yeah oh my goodness i'm still um yeah I, it was it's... just names of rivers names of mountains trying to trying to find them on the map and being like putting the pieces together that was kind of my full experience of this chapter i didn't, I didn't really <laughs> get much else I think it's interesting. One one of the things is that you realize is that um, the Noldor, right? Uh, none of the Noldor is the last sentence of this paragraph. None of the Noldor ever went over Arid Linden while their realm lasted. So they never they never traveled east of these mountains. They were just there the entire time. Uh, even though they're the ones that lived closest to that area, um, perhaps it was the dwarves that kept them at bay. Who knows? But... Uh, or yeah, it was the Silmarils that kept them. I think it's the Silmarils. I, I, look, remember, remember the the elves that lived that uh, on that edge right there. Those are Fionor's sons. Yeah, and so they're the ones most bound by their vow to their father and to take back the Silmarils. So they're they're as long as the Silmarils are in Beleriand, that's they're not going to leave. Yeah, 
Um, yeah. I had a few notes about sure. aud- oddities that were I thought were kind of cool. One of them I will save for our listener section because we have a question about it. So okay, that, it actually comes up um, a little a, a little footnote comes up in this what, chapter. What is the question? Um, but we, so we no, like, it's so, about horses. Uh, yes. So so we're going to answer the question. We're going to take a look at the question uh, that artist Richard submitted to us, uh, which was, uh, "What about the Miras? Like, why why does Gandalf have this connection with Shadowfax? Could it be?" Because Tolkien uh, wrote that the Miras, the horses of the right, the, the 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 what's the the right term, the grandsires of horses? I don't remember exactly how they're described. Uh, but they're you know Shadowfax is the is the what the the greatest of the the current. He's the Lord of the Miras. The Lord yeah. of Miras. Thank you. <laughs> I don't ever think of a horse as a lord. So right, but up. the horses but the horses are matched to their kings and and they're spoken of in human terms. Yes, they're still horses. They're not lords. Just saying. <laughs> I think he's actually described. Now I'm going to look it up. I think he's actually described as the Lord he's, of the. I think of, he is too. I know. I know. Hey, maybe this is this is my new uh, Legolas walking on snow moment that I have a hard time dealing with. Uh, but we're going to take a look at that and, like, you know, it just, does Gandalf get a certain connection to those horses because they were uh, they're 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 originally from Oromé's steeds, Oromé the Maiar, who uh, discovered the. Uh, elves on the shores of Lake Quivienen. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about that later. But yeah, so that was one note. We'll, we'll get into that a little, in, a little, in a little bit. All right. You said you and, had another. Um, yeah, so the grass, there's a very slight note, which uh, I, 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 read, I read it over and then re- reread it because I realized something. So Ard Gollin at the top of the map, which is um, above the mountains, above Dorthonian and, and all those heavy mountains, and south of Thangoradrim, where uh, Morgoth's uh, main gate is, um, that whole land, Ardgallen, is this. It, it was filled with the decay, the refuse from the pits of Thangoradrim, which you know obviously there's a, a very clear parallel between those pits and the refuse there that comes issues forth from that, and what as described in the two towers when Sam and Frodo and Gollum reach um, the land of Mordor and the refuse and, and refuse and reeking pits that are, that are um, cast out from the black wall in the areas of the regions around Mordor. So there's a, there's a clear parallel there, but then the, the, that all that refuse, when the sun comes up, that whole land had clearly been seeded with grass by Yavanna because as soon as the sun comes yeah. up, it, it turns into this green ocean of grass, like all, that that whole wasteland, which I thought was pretty cool. I thought it was neat because even you know the though uh, though Morgoth is rearing up these massive mountains and is throwing out destruction and is throwing out decay and vile filth, like you said. The sun, the light of the trees, essentially is still a problem to him, and it's still growing among the what is it he said uh, uh, the line is while Angband was besieged and its gates shut, there were green things even among the pits and broken rocks before the doors of hell. Like, <laughs> you just can't get away, Morgoth, right? It's, yeah. it's it, like mm. it, it, I'm sure it angers him, it frustrates him, uh, and life finds a way. <laughs> Or, or as or someone say, uh, uh, life uh, finds a way. <laughs> Another cool note: uh, there, uh, Morgoth and his followers hate water. So, <laughs> mm. the elves build a tower on the coast. Like, 
an Eglarest right on the on the southwestern coast in this in this map picture that Jonathan has up. And they, they build a tower looking out to the ocean just in case Morgoth invades there. Because remember, Morgoth sent his troops in a flanking maneuver around the northern mountains, the northwestern mountains. So I, I, you got to think the elves were like, well, what if he just carries that further and like builds some boats and comes on us from the southwest? So they build this tower that is basically the most useless military um, uh, building <laughs> ever invented because Morgoth won't go on the his followers won't it's... go on the water at all, ever. And so... And so it's just it's out it's there to look for Morgoth and he's never he never comes so yeah and I like that, that idea I highlight it's funny those two areas and and I, if you if you believe me or not like look I, I can let me see if I can if I can get this up here but uh, I highlighted those two lines were also highlighted uh, in my reading of it uh, because I thought oh the water right because what is the one thing that carries still the music of the Ainur mm-hmm. mostly it's the water so That's it makes point. sense that they would hate the, that he would hate the water because it reminds him of how he was part of the beautiful music that created this world and now he's still trying to destroy it yep Uh, that's that's an excellent point so let's see um baron and luthien get a quick mention at the green isle of tol galen um we're not going to learn much about them right now uh way down here in the bottom south east there it is right down there yep yeah so when you asked if anything happens in this bottom half of the map that was that was the one thing i thought well but does anything really happen there that much no they just retreat yeah yeah (laughs) and then and then finally because tolkien can't ever complete a chapter have a chapter even when he's dead and he's not making the chapter every single chapter still has to have somebody singing in this case it's the green elves um, um, and the land is a land of song. It's called the land of song by the Noldor because the elves won't stop singing. Mm. So there you go. <laughs> this is, uh, let's see, I had that line here too. Uh, they were clad in green in spring and summer, and the sound of their singing could be heard even across the waters of Gelion, which is uh, the major north-south river here to the west of the Blue Mountains. Uh, uh, wherefore the Noldor named that country Linden, the land of music, and the mountains beyond they named Arid Linden, like you mentioned, Dan, uh, Linden there, for they for they first saw them from Osirian. So yeah, they yeah, got some it's... they got some pipes on them. If you can hear them all the way across from a, <laughs> from a distance like that, they can see far and they can sing far. That's right. Yeah. Oh oh, also Finrod builds the builds the first Minas Tirith. Oh, that's right. Uh, where, uh, where Syrian. it's Tol Syrian, it's an island on the Syrian River, right? Uh, see, this is where I'm like, I'm lost again. Tol Syrian is it's before the falls of Syrian. I'm, I'm uh, looking, I know, I'm looking for it here. There's Aminobel, I don't know if it's on this map, yeah, it might not be on this map. Is it on the other map? Is it on the other map, people? It doesn't really matter. There's the falls of Syrian, I guess it might not be on the map. Yeah, um, but but the first of so the first Minas Tirith, so nothing is new under the sun. Yeah, right. Vanity, all is vanity, and chasing after the wind. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what we know from reading other parts of Tolkien is that this Minas Tirith was better than what came after. <laughs> right, this is the better Minas Tirith. <laughs> always, it's always the better version. Yeah, even the Denethor from Minas Tirith in our book. You know, the first Denethor was the was the leader of the elves of the green elves that got killed by the orcs in their That's first right. excursion. Yeah. And he was, he was the good Denethor as opposed to the sucky Denethor in the mm. rings in the Lord of the Rings. So <laughs> the one who likes his tomatoes when they pop out of his mouth. Right. Well, that's Peter, that's Peter Jackson's <laughs> Denethor. I, to me, that's a third Denethor different from uh, the second one. Yes. True. 
well, yeah, they 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 can they 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 they, they go down on my skill in, in each <laughs> in each instance. Uh, all right, last call for any final uh, things. So you you got you got to have this all under control before you read on. So uh, we'll post the mm. test next week. We'll, no, I'm <laughs> that's right. It, it would should, make sense. Though. That's what it's I should a, do. I should come up with a, te- a que- instead of all that is gold does not glitter, I should do a, a geography test for you guys oh, to ask you questions yeah. about uh, <laughs> Balerian. Oh, man. No, it's actually funny. I looked up a quiz of Balerian, and there are quizzes that you can take online that people have put together in order to find things. A lot of mm. them have to do with, you know, where was Turin and Hurin and who are like questions that we haven't gotten to yet, so it didn't really make sense to take a look at them um, right now. But yeah, you can see this here. This here would be difficult. I thought my kids were, were doing great when they got the uh, like the uh, northeastern states and right in their tests at school. But um, this is taking it to a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. And and you know what's interesting to me? It is really true. I mean, this is yet another um, arrow in Tolkien's quiver to his credit because while we're joking about how difficult it is, and it is because not only I mean this is difficult. Yeah, from like it's like Inception, third level, three levels. It's like three levels down. It's not only is it geography. First, you have geography of the real world, which is hard enough, like you said, the, the United States and such. Then one level down, you have geography of a fake place like Middle Earth. So you have like the maps of Middle Earth. And then this is the third level down. This is geography of a fake place that doesn't even exist anymore in the <laughs> fake world because it's under the ocean. So yeah. this is oh, this, this is um geography. But yet, and yet, people have spent huge amounts of time, um, even before the internet existed, obsessing over the details and getting it right, which to me is just a testament to the power of Tolkien's uh, sub-creation, where he can create a world that's so engaging that some people, not many, but even so, you'll get some people who are who are who who will be that interested. I mean, there's a whole book that we've been referencing. Yeah. The, uh, the Atlas of Middle Earth, which is put together by a gal and, and some friends of hers and that um, took it very seriously. So, yeah, I, I think I think to close this off, because um, it, it's a difficult chapter. It's a difficult map. There's a lot to, to worry about. And we're not the only ones. And so uh, on mm, this is on the 18th, I tweeted this here four days ago. <clears throat> this is Tolkien directly in a letter that he wrote. <laughs> he wrote this. This map or the map is hell. I have not been as careful as I should in keeping track of distances. I think large-scale map simply reveals all the chinks in the armor, besides being obliged to differ somewhat from the printed small-scale version, which was semi-pictorial. So he slaved over the maps, but he hated them too, right? In a way, it's like, man, they're so complex. What's going on? This was the Lord of the Rings map, and he, you know, and and the Silmarillion map to him was really just for himself at the time. Still, he wasn't. There was no. Yeah, he never published. He never published it while he was while he was alive. Mm. So, uh, yeah. So he said. So perhaps we can close on that note. The map is hell. <laughs> yeah. I well agree. said. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. We're, we're, we've gotten through, I don't know, like uh, the, the book of numbers of the Lord of Rings. I think that was the way you put it, Michael. Yep. It's, it, it feels, book of numbers, Tolkien style. Yeah. Yeah. It feels a little bit like, um, like just, you know, chewing saltines, a big mouthful of them without any water. Kind of a tough to swallow sometimes. <laughs> mm. uh, so uh, before, though, we close... Uh, and uh, if you're listening to this when it goes live, this is the s- commencement of the Christmas season. We thought the most appropriate and the best, if you like Tolkien, is Jared Tolkien's Letters from Father Christmas. Uh, and and I, I hate to admit, I haven't actually read this to my kids yet. In fact, I kind of forgot about it until a couple of years ago again because, yeah, well, 
a lot of kids, right? It drives things out of your head. So, but however, going back to this year, this year is um, letters that he wrote to his children starting in 1923. He did it for 20 years uh, for his first child, Michael, I think was his first child. Um, down to his youngest daughter, Priscilla, who just passed away a year ago or so. Uh, and he would write them letters as if he was Father Christmas. And um, these letters are, are it's amazing because you know, I'm sure when he was thinking about doing, he's like, okay, well, how, what's it gonna, what's it gonna take to make my kids believe this Santa? Well, it's it's cold up there, so when he writes, his hand has got to be shivering all the time, and so even the uh, the letters, the envelopes, everything comes. I'll show you here. Um, everything comes with kind of a that shivering hand right there. If you can see this in the video, um, and and the, the all the lines are very like 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 finely. Um, uh, shivering out. So anyway, uh, that's where he starts, but then he gets, he starts relatively simple about gifts and how cold it is, but, uh, Tolkien being Tolkien, he couldn't help but create a world around it. And so we find out eventually there's a polar bear who causes mischief. There are penguins and then the polar bear dances with the penguins. And, um, you know, it, it goes through the, the war years and how things happen and how the North pole ended up falling on Santa's house. And, uh, he draws pictures of all that too. There's an invasion from goblins. There's an, that's right. Uh, so it's it's really charming. It's really a lot of fun, and it's not. It, it, they have the um, the original letters in here as well as there's some text that they write it down, so that when you do get this incredibly detailed notes from him right there, the, that letter, uh, you also get on the other side. You get the um, uh, the uh, the typewritten text, so that you can just read it without trying to decipher exactly what Tolkien wrote. Because what a beautiful writing style he had. However, that that was his calling card. Uh, yeah, he, and otherwise. yeah, he is. It's fantastic. So yeah, so uh, I, I really enjoy this. This is something that uh, I think everybody who's a Tolkien fan, if you like Tolkien, you will definitely like this because it's just so charming and it's so fun to read through. It's like twenty bucks, on, or well, this was twenty bucks on Amazon. I don't know how much it is now. I'll put a link down below, and um, we can uh, we can enjoy not just the things that he wanted to have published, but the secret things in his household that he never released mm. until no, yeah. Until his, until his <laughs> son right. got a hold of it. Well, this one that you bring up, Jonathan, I love it. It's very near and dear to my heart. Um, a few years back, I was I started a tradition of reading those letters to my kids at Christmas time, leading up to Christmas. And then my daughter, who our listeners or viewers on YouTube may have seen some of her artwork as some of our splash screens from early, our early episodes. Um, one of my daughters, who's the artist, had this great idea. She was drawing a picture one day in, um, in, in inspired by those letters. And so what I started doing for a number of years, uh, basically every year since 2017, is write a letter in the hand of Father Christmas for my kids to find as a continuation wow. of the, wow, of the Father great. Christmas stories so that um, when they um, when they would come up, the kids would find something along these lines. <laughs> oh my goodness, you burned the edges and everything. In the... Um, in the and and there's for those of you that that have the book you'll you'll notice there's two writing styles yeah. one of them is the red one is and shaky hand is from Father Christmas and the green the, hold, the, hold that up again for us I'll, the, I'll, yeah oh man the big and and, and the um the the black um, one is from Polar Bear who That's becomes scary. a secondary character who's who who mm -hmm. starts to um, <laughs> and then my daughter would always do a piece of artwork at the end so that um uh, where which which explained what happened in the story. Oh wow! Um, 
or and this is another one from another year. I couldn't find the one from last year, which was really awesome, but uh, on a short notice. But oh, she would do goodness. she would do these color these pictures in the style of Tolkien's um, um, something like the, of Tolkien's pictures, and uh, for the kids to uh, to enjoy so, to go so along you, with my letter. You have for those of you who don't know, Michael has nine children, and this is your your daughter's. How old? Who drew this? So she's caught in college right now. When she drew that, she was uh, fourteen years old. Oh, thirteen wow. years old. And then it was old. given to your two youngest, or or so, or, or like did you? Uh, yes. So all the younger kids under her found it. She oh. is child number four of nine. So wow. yeah. Oh, man, that is why you're down below us. You're the foundation, Michael, <laughs> because you're setting the, the standard. That's also why I'm always late. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. You're there too you busy uh, making those letters oh, with man. the shaky. The shaky Man. letters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All I right. Mean, well, well. So, so that is a great Christmas gift. I'll have a link below, um, or hmm. for yourself, right? Get, get, or for your children, right? Tell it to right. <laughs> your wife or husband or uh, your significant other that you're getting it for, for, uh, for the benefit of of your future memories, so that you can enjoy these together. And it looks really good on the shelf, and it's fun to read. And they will be good memories. And they will be good. Uh, so we're going to move into our. Um, our subscriber extended patron only section. Uh, and we're going to go over uh, a few more questions. If you want to hear those questions, go to the one slash patron, become a member. It's $4 a month free for the first month. Uh, and you can join us and you can ask questions. You can get the extended podcast just with the username and password and use it on your own Apple podcast or overcast or whatever podcast app you use. And we even post uh, a video of it. So you can see it all on video uh, with a link in our discord chat so uh join us there at the onering.com slash patron and uh we'll see you there but we're going to address the questions of we talked about the, the miras the horses the horse lords and uh and then we're going to also ask the most important question about what kind of thanksgiving food we like and then dan also brought up something earlier which was a broader a wider question about tolkien so why did did was he so detailed was this map created so that for him like he, he had to increase the immersion level of of Middle Earth and of uh, the stories he's telling, or could he just not help himself? So we're going to discuss yeah. that uh, in our extended podcast. So thanks for joining us. Uh, go to the one.com slash patron slash man. I'm talking way too fast. The one ring.com slash patron. I, did I say the one wing? Mowage. Mowage. Is the what one wings us slash today. Patron. The one ring.com slash patron. So uh, <laughs> go there and uh, we'll see you. All right, free lovers. See you later.